What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back with episode 73, where we will be analyzing, predicting, and discussing the betting lines for the UFC on ESPN Plus 15 card headline by UFC women's strawweight title fight between champion Jessica Andrade and challenger Li Zhang. This event will be taking place in Shenzhen, China. The seven-fight prelim card kicks off at 3 a.m. Eastern Time, with the five-fight main card kicking off at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. There are 12 fights in total on this card, and this UFC card, when you look at it at first glance, doesn't look the best. It has nine debuting fighters, so it'll take a lot of work to really understand all the fighters and matchups in this card, but let me tell you something. Once you do that and you put that effort in and you study all these fighters, this turns into a really fun card with a lot of good matchups. There are a lot of underdogs, you know, plus 200 underdogs that I think have a good chance at winning, and the line movements have been going up and down on all the lines all week in this one these lines have been getting a ton of action so we'll discuss the line movements and which underdogs i think have value and all my bets and predictions for how these 12 fights will play out now we do have a chinese card on our hands so we have uh, a lot of asian fighters with a lot of complicated names so no disrespect to all the fighters i know they're all listening to the podcast before their fights this weekend uh, but no offense if i butcher some of these names so in the first fight of the evening in the bantamweight division we have botgarel dana who is six and one taking on Haile alatang who is 12 7 and one the opening betting line for this one was Dana, the favorite, at minus 175, Alatang, the underdog, at plus 135. Right now, we are seeing Dana, minus 115, Alatang, minus 105. So, a lot more action coming in on Alatang. The early action actually came in on Dana, and Alatang was as high as a plus 190 underdog. And within a few days, he's all the way down to minus 105. So massive action coming in on Haile Alatang. And I agree with it. I think that he is the right side in, in this matchup. I think he will win the fight. And certainly at plus 190, there was a ton of value. Now getting over to how these guys match up. These guys are actually really similar to one another. They're both orthodox fighters. They both have uh, power in their right hands. Neither of their defenses are too good. Neither of their ground games are too good. But I do give the defensive edge to Alatang, and I give the grappling edge to Alatang as well. I've seen Alatang hit a few takedowns, kept top position, and I've been impressed with Alatang's power a little more. He has dropped a lot of his opponents with his right hand. He's knocked a lot of opponents out, and. Uh, Dana has had some trouble with offensive takedowns at one point. His only loss in his career was a fight where he was taken down off of his kicks and taken down with uh, wrestling takedowns and spent a lot of time on his back, couldn't get back to his feet, and therefore he lost the fight. So on the feet, I think both of these guys will be pretty evenly matched with just a slight power and defensive edge to Alatang. And on the ground, I think there is a slight edge to Alatang as well with the grappling, uh, with the takedowns that he's hit and the top position and the weaknesses that Dana's showed uh, on the ground as well. I've also been a little uh, suspect of Dana's defense on the feet, so I really think it's possible that Alatang finds the chin of Dana early and uh, knocks him out with a uh, right hand at some point. So the pick is going to be Alatang by first round knockout, and this one should be a really fun fight to kick off the card. Next fight in the women's bantamweight division, we have Carol Rosa, who is 11-3, taking on Laura 
Procopio, who is 6-0. The opening betting line for this one was Procopio, the minus 165 favorite, Rosa plus 125. Right now we are seeing Procopio minus 115, Rosa minus 105. So a lot more action coming in on the underdog Rosa in this one, and I agree with that as well. It's the same exact line as the fight before, and in both cases, the underdog got steamed in this one. So uh, these two are both pretty sloppy. I don't think either of them are uh, particularly great fighters, but uh, they both have weaknesses, so it'll be interesting to see whose weakness gets exploited first in this one. So we'll start things off with Rosa. Both of these women are making their UFC debuts. Rosa is an orthodox striker. She's got the better striking of the two, but she's pretty stiff on the feet. She does not throw her punches and kicks too fluidly. Uh, she does have some decent success against lower-level competition, but I don't think that she will have much opportunity to strike at range and show off her better striking ability because Procopio is not looking to strike at all. She's looking to get into the pocket right away, get takedowns, and try to get top control and submissions on the ground. Uh, Rosa has also gotten offensive takedowns at some points, but she has also been taken down and she's been submitted before and that's really where uh, it worries me for Rosa in this fight because she got a takedown on Melissa Gatto and she was in top position and then she got caught in a triangle and eventually finished with a you know, modified triangle Kimura or something like that. But that was a real bad mistake that she made in that fight. And I think that uh, Procopio has a chance at pulling off a submission when Rosa makes another mistake on the ground in this fight. But there are some good things about uh, Rosa. I think that uh, she has beaten the better competition. She's got more experience. Um, and she's training with uh, Jessica Andrade in this camp, so that's a huge factor. Training with the champion, uh, both have fights this weekend, so that's a huge factor in her in her corner. And if this fight stays standing, I think Rosa will uh, outstrike her, and maybe Rosa can get her own takedowns. But I think Procopio will be c closing the distance, getting the takedowns, and looking to get uh, that submission. And I think this one is due to be a, a sloppy back and forth uh, grappling fight. And Rosa has been in one of those before. She fought a woman named uh, Pachio and she was in a back and forth fight where both were getting takedowns both were in submissions and eventually Rosa got tapped out with a very sloppy guillotine in that fight so I'm not impressed with Rosa's ground game enough to, to be confident that she stops Procopio's uh, submission game. So the pick is going to be uh, Procopio by submission. But if you got in Rosa as an underdog, uh, I still think that's a pretty decent bet because this is a real close fight. And Rosa is certainly capable of win winning it. It is a lower level women's MMA fight, but the pick is going to be Procopio by decision. The next fight takes place in the lightweight division. We have Damir Ismagulov, who is 18-1, taking on Tiago Moises, who is 12-3. The opening betting line for this one was Ismagulov, the minus 405 favorite to Moises at plus 285. Right now, we are seeing Ismagulov, minus 180, Moises plus 158 so much more action coming in on the dog Moises in this one and rightfully so because that opening betting line was way too high for Moises he actually got as high as plus 305 which is where I got my uh, first bet of the car locked in on him actually I bet uh, one unit on Alatang at plus 125 I forgot to mention but I'll go back over them at the end of the card but Moises at plus 305 is just a ridiculous line because this is a really close fight and Ismagulov is the uh, 
deserving favorite. And I think that where the line is at now is actually dead accurate. I cap Ismagulov minus 175 in this fight because Ismagulov has very good boxing. He's got a great jab and an overhand right. He likes going uh, to the body with the jab, set up that overhand right, and he's had some success in it within the UFC so far. He's taken on two low-level opponents in Gorgis and Alvarez, and he went about those fights in very different ways. Gorgis didn't have a good ground game, so Ismagulov uh, was very takedown heavy in that fight, and he did land some takedowns, but his top pressure didn't really uh, impress me too much. He did get you know a few minutes of top control throughout the fight, but Gorgias was able to stuff a few takedowns. He was able to get up from a few takedowns, and it, Alex Gorgias was able to do that. I think that black belt uh, Tiago Moises will be able to do that as well. So that fight with Alvarez is Magulov didn't do takedowns at all because Alvarez was like 15 and one coming into that fight with all 15 submissions. So Ismagulov must have known that about his opponent, decided to take away any chance he had of pulling off a submission and just outbox him on the feet in a pretty low intensity, low output fight. It was a nice decision win for Ismagulov, but he didn't really take any risks. And I think that we really haven't seen the best of Ismagulov yet because he hasn't had an opponent who's really uh, dragged the best out of him yet. But I think Moise Moises will be the one to do that because I think that Moises' takedown defense and jiu-jitsu should be good enough to be, uh, avoid getting dominated on the ground. I think that if he gets taken down, he should bounce back up within a few seconds and he can maybe threaten with a submission off his back. But Moises was dominated by Daryush in his UFC debut on the ground. Daryush really showed him that there are levels to the grappling in MMA and was taking him down and holding him down, uh, grinding him out against the cage. And Moises was jumping guillotines and making mistakes a lot in that fight. And Ismagulov has a path to victory. If he goes takedown heavy and Moises jumps guillotine and Ismagulov avoids that choke, he's going to have Moises on his back and he could do some damage and win rounds. That's, I'd say, Ismagulov's best best path to victory because on the feet it's going to be really even Moises has good straight punches he's got a good front kick head kicks uh, he's a very impressive striker and Ismagulov has only really shown uh, his boxing so far he has some decent leg kicks but uh, nothing too impressive why Moises I think is the much more dynamic striker so Plus 300, there's value all day on Moises. Plus 200, even value on Moises. And I know a lot of people were betting on him at that those odds. And even if he loses this fight, it's still a good bet. Uh, so I think that uh, Ismagulov has a good chance at hitting those takedowns, avoiding that guillotine, and putting uh, Moises on his back and winning rounds, maybe outstriking him a little bit on the feet. I also think that Moises could potentially... Uh, reverse those takedowns, uh, stuff the takedowns, and outstrike uh, Ismagulov. So I'm actually going to pick the dog Moises to win this one. I think that he will avoid the takedowns. He showed some good uh, takedown defense in the hollow balk fight. Not the same level of grappler, but still showed some improvements. He got his feet wet with his first win in the UFC. And I think that he will continue to uh, keep the ball rolling. And he'll pick up this underdog victory over uh, Ismagulov in this one. But Ismagulov does have a path to victory. I'd say Ismagulov is the value side of things where the betting line sits now. But I'm really happy with that early. Early action I got in on Moises so this should be a good fight and I'm going to pick uh, Moises to get the decision victory upset the next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division we have Da Ong Jung who is 11 and 2 taking on Kadis Ibrahimov who is 8 and 0 the opening betting line for this one was 
Ibrahimov, the favorite at minus 365, to Jung, the underdog, at plus 255. Right now, we are seeing Ibrahimov minus 275, Jung plus 235. So lines staying about the same. There is two-way action coming in on this fight. And right off the bat, I'm just going to say that I think there's some pretty decent value on uh, Daon Jung in this one. I do think that Ibrahimov should be the favorite, but both these guys coming in here making their UFC debuts. Uh, Jung actually has a little bit more MMA experience. Ibrahimov coming from that Sambo background in Russia. And Ibrahimov's striking at range has been the thing that stuck out the most to me. That's a, a huge weakness of his. He does not have good straight punches. He does not have very uh, calculated offense. He really just swarms into the pocket with big combinations and power shots. And he likes to get wild in round one. He likes to maybe get hit a few times to take some risks getting into the pocket. But what he wants to do is he wants to clinch you up. He wants to get you against the cage. And he wants to work his judo throws and his takedowns because his throws are incredible. He has hit some wizard throws and some uh, judo throws on tape and M1 challenge that have been incredible against really good competition as well. He was getting pushed against the fence the entire fight versus uh, puts, but he was still able to land the takedowns and do all the damage in that fight and eventually, I think, either get the finish or the decision. I'm not really sure, but once he gets on top of you, he has great top control, great... Um, ground and pound i've seen him get mounted crucifix tkos before and he uh but the one thing that worried me is if he does not get that takedown he can look a little desperate he did this versus a, a gentleman named cook Holishvili. he went super hard for the takedowns in that fight and he looked pretty gassed out for the rest of that fight and he was not able to get takedowns he was his opponent kept getting up from the takedowns and eventually the opponent was disqualified for grabbing the ropes but ibrahimov was really putting a lot of energy into those takedowns and he was not getting them now getting over to jung he is a striker at heart but he's he's shown some decent wrestling uh abilities as well he's defended some takedowns he's gotten up from takedowns he actually hit a nice switch on an opponent when they were going for a takedown so it, he definitely shows that he's got some experience wrestling and i'll be interested to, to, to see if he's able to see, stuff the takedowns in this matchup because that's going to be Ibrahimov's path to victory. I think on the feet, Jung will actually be the better striker of the two. Certainly at range, Jung's got the straight punches and the leg kicks to make this a, a very interesting fight. So if the fight stays standing and at range, I think Jung flat out wins it. He does not have the much uh, one-punch power, so it'll probably be an accumulation of punches. But if Ibrahimov is going for those takedowns and not getting them, I can see Jung taking this fight over in rounds two and three, maybe even getting a finish as the fight goes on. So... I think that Ibrahimov probably will get some takedowns because although Jung did have some good uh, defensive wrestling on tape, those guys are not on the same level as a, a world combat Sambo champion like Ibrahimov. So I think Ibrahimov will come in here prepared. I think he will get a few takedowns, but I'm really worried about his gas tank. I don't think that he will be able to keep consistent top control. I don't think that uh, maybe he gets a dominant position and then uh, finishes Jung with a, a mount of crucifix or finishes him for mount, maybe gets a submission of some sort. That's his best path to victory. But if Ibrahimov does not get the round one finish, I think Jung takes over the fight. He'll be a great live betting spot if Ibrahimov wins round one. I think uh, maybe Jung round two, round three props could be an interesting thing, but um, 
ultimately, I think that there's a lot of value on Jung in this betting line. I'm still going to pick Ibrahimov to get that that victory. I think he will get the the uh, maybe first or second round finish. But uh, I think I've already got a bet on Jung because I, there's just value there. So even if the bet loses, it'll still be worth it. Uh, I don't really see uh, a scenario in here where Ibrahimov comes out here and looks like a minus 300 favorite, even if he gets that early finish. I just think he's too sloppy. He's not uh, experienced enough in MMA with only about eight fights. So should be a good fight between two debutantes. There's a lot unknown about it, but uh, I'll pick Ibrahimov to get the uh, first round TKO victory. The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have Andre Sukumtad, who is 13-7, taking on Sue Majari, who is 11-4. The opening betting line for this one was Sukumtad the favorite at minus 245, Sue Majari plus 175. Right now we are seeing Sukumtad minus 170, Sue Majari plus 150. So more action coming in on Sumajari's way actually at one point this fight was minus 135 minus 105 so a lot more action coming in on Sumajari and maybe at the price of 150 or above there's some value maybe 130 is the maximum i would bet Sumajari at but i think Sukumtad has the skills to win this fight he should be the better boxer of the two uh, although Sumajari does have good striking, he is a southpaw. Uh, Sukumtad's used to fighting southpaws. He's fought multiple southpaws in a row now, I think. So Sumajari uh, has uh, that wide karate sanda stance. He has good uh, kicks, good in and out movement, some decent straight punches as well. And uh, Sukumtad struggled with the kicks of Martinez a little bit. So I think Sumajari's game plan is going to be to keep this one at range. Use the, the body kicks and the leg kicks to uh, upset the rhythm of Sukumtad and not let him get into boxing range. Because if Sukumtad is able to get into boxing range, I think that he will win this fight. He actually does have some decent power in his hands. He's dropped his opponents before, but... The thing you got to be worried about Sukumtad is always that his fight IQ is, is really bad. He has some bonehead moments in there. He makes fights closer than they have to be. He has fights that are winnable in front of him, and he doesn't take them. He's a little bit chinny as well, too. He, he's been dropped before, and I think that uh, he's you know a very flawed fighter, and he is you know struggling to make improvements fight to fight. And we've only seen Sumajari in the octagon once so far. He looks decent scrambling and uh, stuffing some takedowns and sub def- uh, sub attempts of Luis Smolka, but eventually was tapped out in the third round or the second round of that fight uh, with an armbar. So. Sumajari's real um, weakness comes on the ground. I think most of his losses have come by way of submission. And Sukumtat, although he can hit an occasional offensive takedown, he's not really the submission type. I think he will be looking to uh, outbox Sumajari in this one. So it really comes down to who is able to uh, put this fight in their range. Sukumtat wants the boxing range. Sumajari wants the kicking range. So it's a really close matchup. Uh, I see why people may be jumped on Sumajari at plus 150, plus 140, 130, but... I think Sukumtat's experience, he's got the more fights in the UFC. I think he might be the better well-rounded fighter. He's fought and beaten the better competition. And I think that his boxing will be the the uh, ultimate deciding factor in this one. I think he will outbox Sumajari, maybe drop him at some point with the, the power in his hands. And I think Sukumtat will get the decision victory, barring any bonehead moves, um, which is you know a very big if. Uh, when you're uh, talking Sukumtat fights, but I think Sukumtat is getting to the point where he should be able to beat uh, an opponent like Sumajari pretty comfortably. So I'm going to pick uh, Andre Sukumtat to get the de- decision victory in this one. 
The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Anthony Hernandez, who is 6-1, taking on Jung Young Park, who is 10-3. The opening betting line for this one was Hernandez, the favorite, at minus 230, Park plus 170. Right now, we are seeing Hernandez, the favorite, at minus 160, Park plus 140. So more action coming in Park's way. And this is a surprising line movement to me so far. I've understand uh, or understood most of the line movement so far, but this one's a little bit perplexing because I think Hernandez is the deserving favorite. And I think he could be a little bit more of a favorite. I'd cap him in the minus 200 to minus 250 range. And I think that he's getting disrespected a little bit because he didn't have the best UFC debut. He uh, was uh, rocked a little bit on the feet by... Uh, the punches of Marcus Perez, he got dropped by a body kick and eventually tapped out with an anaconda choke. But I think that he sh has a lot more than what he showed in that fight. I think that um, Hernandez's ground game is actually way better than what it showed in that fight. He got tapped out by a black belt when he was hurt. That doesn't mean that his ground game is bad. And this was a, a misconception I had. I wrote down bad ground game in my notes and I went back and watched some of his old fights. And he's actually a pretty decent grappler. He had a 25-minute back-and-forth grappling battle with uh, Brendan Allen over an LFA. Five-round fight, has championship experience, hit his own takedowns, kept top con con control. He got reversed sometimes. He hit reversals. He had sub-attempts. He defended sub-attempts. It was a really grinding battle. Uh, back and forth grappling match and he showed good cardio in that fight and he's really impressed me that was that really opened my eyes to the fighter Hernandez is and I think that exposed the path to victory for him in this fight and it's going to be his ground game he's going to look to hit offensive takedowns keep top position ground and pound and maybe submit uh Park on the ground because Park's uh takedown defense has been atrocious he's has shown no ability to stuff a takedown whatsoever he he was uh he fought an opponent named sparve and he had him rocked multiple multiple times and he was still getting taken down by sloppy desperate takedown attempts he is just has no wrestling ability i'm not talking too much shit on this guy because i think he will be the better striker of the two hernandez's striking at range has been a little iffy he got touched up by perez at range and he hasn't really shown me too much uh, striking at range uh, or really in the in the clinch at all his striking has just been uh, overall an unknown or unimpressive uh, he did spend most of the round one on the feet versus uh, Perez but there was a lot of clinching involved in that fight a lot of takedowns so we really have no idea how good of a striker Hernandez is yet but I do think Park will have the better striking of the two he's got pretty decent boxing he's got a nice jab not the most power because like I said he was hurt and sparred multiple times and he did not get the finish in that one he coasted to a decision as well so he showed he could fight the full three rounds he showed he is a little bit disciplined of a fighter uh, and i think that uh, ultimately park's ground game uh, his lack of ground game will be the thing that loses him this fight so i think hernandez will be coming out here looking to close the distance early not looking to strike with park too much uh, get that takedown and once he, if he is able to get the takedown i think that hernandez will run away with this fight because park has shown no ability to stuff takedowns or get back to his feet and hernandez actually has a very underrated ground game so if if you're thinking the other way on this fight if you're thinking park is going to win i advise you to 
to go watch that LFA fight between Hernandez and Allen, and I think that will change your mind. That championship experience, that hard-fought battle, uh, I think is really going to um, change your mind. And Hernandez uh, has that UFC debut uh, out of the way. He lost. He, he learned from that fight, took some time off, and I think he'll be a lot better uh, in this fight. So the pick is going to be Hernandez to get it done. Let's go with uh, by second-round submission. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Keenan Song, who is 14 and 5, taking on Derek Krantz, who is 24 and 11. The opening betting line for this one was Song, the favorite, at minus 135, Krantz minus 105. Right now, we are seeing Krantz, the minus 105 dog, to Song minus 115. So. There was two-way action coming in on this fight. The early action came in on Song. Krantz actually got as high as a plus 150 underdog, and uh, he's gotten to the minuses the past few days, so the more action is definitely coming in on Krantz's way. I think that's the right move. I've not really been too impressed with uh, Keenan Song so far. Uh, besides the, his powerful right hand, I really have not seen too much good from him. He got a few uh, nice knockouts over Bobby Nash in 15 seconds and Hector Aldana, but neither of those fighters are very high level. Uh, Aldana was is a 4-2 fighter. Bobby Nash is no longer in the UFC, and I believe lost all of his fights in the, in the UFC. And he lost a decision to Alex Morono where he was ultimately just out kickboxed that entire fight and couldn't get that uh, that power right hand going. And Song really showed his, his lack of uh, striking diversity in that fight. He does not have many good weapons that he can go to. And Song's takedown defense has also been uh, pretty unimpressive. He likes jumping guillotines or kimuras or something like that to defend takedowns, but he does not seem to be too comfortable uh, wrestling at all. And he does not check leg kicks very well either. He was getting hit with some heavy leg kicks versus Hector Aldana when they fought. And uh, that really worries me. Uh, so getting over to Kranz now, he's not the best striker. He's pretty awkward on the feet, but he throws with massive power in his hands. He's got power in both hands. He's knocked opponents out with uh, both hands uh, over an LFA. He's got uh, some good wins over there. He uh, has championship experience, has won decisions before. And he did have a, a tough draw in his debut. He, he fought Luque on short, short notice. And he came in that fight respectably. He blitzed Luque right off the bat. He hit him with some good punches, took his back for a brief moment, but he had a pretty big adrenaline dump and then was uh, quickly finished off in that fight. Uh, I forget what it was. Uh, a big right hand, I think, uh, dropped him, and he was just finished pretty quickly. So I, I think that Krantz also showed... Uh, he has a lot more to show than what he showed in that debut. He uh, came into that fight short notice, had some early success, probably had a huge adrenaline dump. I mean, it, it, there's no doubt about it. You could see him two or three minutes in that fight, and he's huffing and puffing. Uh, meanwhile, he's fought the full 25 minutes before, and he's looked great. Uh, a 25-minute wrestling battle with James Nakashima, a very skilled regional fighter. So, Crans uh, on the feet, not the most technical, but he does explode with some big, powerful shots at times. And Song's defense is not the best either. I, uh, I think that Crans uh, has a good chance at touching the chin of Song. But the biggest advantage I think that Crans will have in this fight is going to be the ground. He's a black belt, as I mentioned before. He's got some pretty decent takedowns, back takes, and submissions. I think that Crans would be wise to start to look for the takedowns in this one and try to exploit Song's ground game. And if Krantz is able to get the takedowns, I think he should coast to a decision and possibly even get in the submission. 
And if Song is able to uh, improve his um, defensive wrestling over the past few months and he comes into this fight ready to uh, stuff takedowns and outstrike cramps in the feet, maybe he's uh, diversified his striking a little more outside of that right hand, worked on the checking leg kicks. I don't know. It's a lot of improvements for Song. I just mentioned three things. And that's takedown defense, boxing defense, and leg kick defense. Three things that he's all... Um, struggled with and his boxing defense isn't too bad it's more so the fact that he doesn't have many consistent tools on offense that he can go to besides that power right hand and the occasional body kick so um, on the feet i think this one should be close song is the more technical striker but uh, his pace has not impressed me and i don't think that he will be able to uh, keep up um, the striking enough to uh, keep Krantz off of him and i think Krantz will eventually close the distance get the takedown and get his grappling going so the pick is going to be Krantz uh, by third round submission in this one the next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division and this is the first fight on the main card we have yanan Wu, who is 10 and 2 taking on mitsuki inue who is 13 and 5. the opening betting line for this one was Wu as the favorite at minus 135 with mitsuki coming in minus 105 the other way and that line has since flipped and we are now seeing inue minus 140 and Wu is plus 120 and I think this is the right side of things because I'll keep this one short I don't think it needs too much analysis Wu has been very unimpressive so far she only has one win over an opponent with a winning record and that was Lauren Mueller in her last fight and that fight was just so so sloppy one of the worst technical or uh, worst skilled fights in the UFC I've ever seen Wu's striking is just super awkward untechnical she doesn't throw anything crisp everything is thrown wrong i don't know who taught her striking she looked very uncomfortable in the clinch versus lauren mueller looked like she had never really spent much time training there and she got taken down but she miraculously pulled off an armbar off of her back which just shows how bad lauren mueller is more so than anything uh, Gina Manzia was able to outclinch and take down Wu repetitively. She got uh, smashed with ground and pound for the, for most of those fight or most of the rounds of that fight. So besides that uh, miraculous armbar that she pulled off versus Lauren Mueller, Wu has really shown me nothing impressive in the UFC so far or any of her MMA career because she beat a bunch of zero and zero fighters to get into the UFC. Meanwhile, Mitsuki anyway is a very legitimate established fighter. She's been fighting in Invicta for years. Uh, I believe she was a champion in that organization before. She has five-round experience. She's very technical. She's got uh, crisp striking. She's got very technical boxing. She's got good in-and-out movement. She's well-trained, and she's got the ability to hit takedowns. She's got great arm bars and submissions of her own. She just beat uh, Viviana Pereira in her last fight. And uh, she really impressed me in that fight. Her hand speed, uh, she was able to hit takedowns, avoid submissions, even threaten with her own submissions. Uh, she's got great subs off her back, triangles, arm bars, and she can uh, threaten with submissions from top position as well. So anyway, is just a better fighter by far. I honestly would cap her at minus 200 more so. The only reason you're seeing this fight be close 
is the Wu is going to have a pretty big size advantage in this one. I think she's got like a seven inch reach advantage or seven inch height advantage, which is going to be huge. And we might see the betting line move in Wu's way um, after the, the weigh-ins happen and people see that big size advantage. But, you know, size advantages are a, a pretty big myth in MMA. The smaller, more technical fighter often beats the bigger fighter. And we saw that uh, a few weeks ago, Manny Bermudez uh, lost to uh, Casey Kenny, even though he had 19 pounds on him because Kenny was just a better grappler. It didn't matter that he was 20 pounds heavier than him um, because Casey Kenny was the better fighter. So I think we see anyway overcome that size difference. Uh, Wu has no idea how to use her size advantage. She doesn't throw a jab. She doesn't throw front kicks, leg kicks. She doesn't get top position. So I think anyway will uh, probably dominate this fight. She will outstrike Wu on the feet she'll probably hit takedowns and i see her uh, eventually submitting uh woo with an arm bar in rounds two or three so the pick is going to be anyway and i'm happy to lay a few units on her money line because i think there's a ton of value on it the next fight takes place in the featherweight division we have zeng han lu who is 18 and 6 taking on mosvar ivalev who is 11 and 0 the opening betting line for this one was Evilev minus 270, Lou plus 190. Right now we are seeing Evilev minus 700 to Lou plus 500. So a ton of action coming in on Evilev. And you might wonder why. And it's because these two gentlemen have fought before. And Evilev was able to win that fight. Now a few things about that fight. I did watch it. do have some notes on it. It is on YouTube if you'd like to go and watch it yourself. It was contested over an M1 in the mountains of Russia. So cool uh, venue they have over there but uh, Lou was not afraid to grapple at all in this fight and he was actually the one who initiated the first takedown and he was able to get a few t uh, minutes of top position actually he was able to scramble on top position but the referee uh, stood them up uh, after a few minutes he wasn't really working from from top position too much but the referees in Russia are notorious for standing people up very quickly and the second half of the fight, though, Evilev just took uh, took over. He got the takedown in round one. He got the back take. And then in round two, he got an early takedown and proceeded to just cruise on top for the rest of the round. And uh, Lou defended the takedowns. He was not totally dominated on the ground, but he was just one or two steps behind the entire fight. But that fight was three or four years ago, and... Since then, uh, Evilev uh, has made his UFC debut. He picked up a decent win against Choi in his last fight. On the feet, I think this should be a pretty close fight. Evilev is not uh, the greatest striker. He does have decent boxing, but he's really looking to grapple for the most part. And Lou, uh, I think, has very good kicks and pretty good footwork and distance management. But I just don't see him being able to avoid the grappling exchanges in this one now. Evilev did not look very dominant in his first fight against Choi. A lot of that fight was contested uh, against the cage where Evilev was in top position. He wasn't in the more dominant position, but he was not in a super dominant position like mount or side control. He was not really able to flatten Choi out for the entirety of that fight. So it was not as much of a dominant performance as you think. So with this fight being a few years later, it, with it being three rounds this time instead of two, I think it's possible we see a little bit more of a competitive fight. And that first fight was not so dominant to the point where I think Evilev is, is a deserving minus 700 favorite in this one. So the betting line value is going to be on Lou in this one. I think he has a decent chance at, um, you know, 
maybe getting up in the takedowns, maybe make, uh, getting on top position again like he did in the first fight, and just making this a closer fight than people are expecting because plus 500 is a massive uh, underdog. And as we saw last week at UFC 241, plus 600 underdogs do win in MMA sometime. Anything can happen. So I'm still favoring Ivalev because he's simply the better grappler. I don't think uh he's you know declined since the first time they fought i'm sure lou has improved but evilev has just been getting more and more mma experience as well he's gotten his feet wet in the ufc while lou hasn't making his ufc debut so uh I think this fight is closer than the betting line is indicating. I'd cap Evilev around minus three or four hundred instead of minus six hundred or seven hundred. So slight value on Lou in this one, and maybe he gets that uh, crazy knockout before Evilev can get the takedown. Uh, maybe he pulls off some crazy uh, reversal and gets on top, and maybe gets a finish. But uh, I don't see Lou winning by decision, so it's going to take a, a pretty big miracle for Lou to get the underdog upset. So the pick is going to be Evilev to get it done by decision the next fight takes place in the flyweight division we have mark de la rosa who is 11 and 2 taking on kai car france who is 19 and 7 the opening betting line for this one was france minus 320 to de la rosa at plus 240 right now we are seeing france minus 190 de la rosa plus 165 so much more action coming in on the underdog mark de la rosa's uh, side in this one and rightfully so i think that uh, this is going to be a closer fight than plus 200 so happy to get on de la rosa at plus 200 uh, which i did for a little bit which i will recap all the bets at the end um but um i think that kakar france has been a little overrated so far in his ufc career he uh took elias garcia to a decision in his first fight where he looked good he showed some power in his hands he showed some takedowns some top position in that fight but uh Elias Garcia was a gentleman that Mark De La Rosa was able to finish. Mark De La Rosa rear-naked choked him in the second round, which is probably one of De La Rosa's best wins in the UFC so far. On the feet in this one, I think that Kaikara France should have a pretty decent advantage because he's a, the much better boxer, and De La Rosa has not shown much great striking in the UFC so far. Uh, De La Rosa is much more of a grappler. He, most of his wins are come by the way of rear-naked choke, and that's where this fight's going to get interesting because Kaikar France also likes grappling. He likes to hit offensive takedowns. He's got good scrambling ability as well. But France has been submitted before. He has gotten uh, dominated on the map by Alexandre Pantoja. And I think that that's where Mark De La Rosa has the best chance at winning this fight because uh, this fight should end up on the ground. It's uh, it's flyweights these guys are super quick and uh, both of them like to go for offensive takedowns so i think this one will end up on the ground and that's where it's going to be really close because uh france was not able to keep top position on uh, paiva it was a very scramble filled fight and uh, kaikar france was put in some bad positions in that fight and i think that de la rosa could possibly um capitalize on some of those uh bad positions and maybe get kaikar france in a submission of his own so uh, I have not been totally blown out of the water with Kaikara France so far. I don't think that he deserved to be more than a minus 250 favorite or something at, at the beginning, but ultimately I do think that he will win the fight. I think that uh, he's got the better striking, and I think that he is going to be a, a good enough of a grappler to avoid the submission of De La Rosa, possibly even end up in top position himself on the ground. It should be a really fun, scramble-filled fight, but uh, I think Kaikara France will lose very soon in the UFC. I'm just not sure Mark De La Rosa is the one to get it 
it done. He's a little too one-dimensional with uh, the submission really or bust. I think that that is his only path to victory for De La Rosa's submission. Maybe a chance that he keeps top position enough to get a decision in this one, but uh, I see the Kaikar France winning a decision in this one by mixing up his his boxing. Uh, getting the occasional offensive takedown, avoiding that submission, and the winning rounds in this one. So uh, where the line is at now, it's getting close to being playable at Kaikar France. I would cap uh, Kaikar about minus 175 in this one, De La Rosa around plus 150. So uh, the action or the early action coming in on De La Rosa was right at 2-1. to one. I do have a bet on him myself at 2-1 to one, despite him thinking he's going to lose, but um, we're, we're just playing the value in this one. So it should be a really great fight. The flyweight fights are always great, but I'm going to pick uh, Kaikar France to get the decision victory in this one. The next fight is the co-main event of the evening. We have Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos, who is 21-5, taking on Li Jinglang, who is 16-5. The opening betting line for this one was Dos Santos, the favorite, at minus 285 to Jing coming back at plus 205. And right now we are seeing Dos Santos minus 280, Jing plus 240. So uh, this line has had two-way action coming in on it, but I'd say the more action coming in on Dos Santos's way. And I think that's the right side of things in this one. I think Dos Santos just has too many advantages in this fight. Uh, Jing Lang is a good kickboxer. He throws a lot of power. Not the best chin, though. He gets dropped in just about every single one of his fights. He, uh, Especially in the first round. The first round, he's super chinny. His boxing defense is not very good. So that really worries me about Jing Lang. He's never been knocked out despite getting dropped very frequently. But he's been uh, hurt multiple times. I mean, he got dropped by Zawada. He got dropped by Matthews multiple times. He even got hurt uh, by... Daichi Abe. So uh, Lee's striking defense is just not very good. His offense is is great. He's got great kicks, uh, leg kicks, lead leg kicks. Uh, actually, TKO'd Zawada in his last fight with a, a turning sidekick to the body. Uh, and Jing Lang actually gets better as the fight goes on because he gets dropped in round one, but he stays uh, stays in the fight, comes back in rounds two and three, has good cardio and will outstrike you. He's done that to a few opponents. But Zaleski... Uh, He's, you know, a perplexing fighter. I, I was super high on Zaleski um, until I just rewatched a few of his fights. And he has good uh, explosive uh, bursts of offense. He'll throw a big, powerful combination of punches and kicks. Or he'll throw a flying knee or a spinning kick. And those are really good. But he kind of unloads and reloads in like a Yoel Romero type of thing where he throws big power combinations. And then he won't throw anything for 20, 30 seconds. And he kind of waits and waits. He, he would really benefit if he developed some... some straight punches and some shots that he didn't throw at full power because he throws 100% into everything. And that's a big detriment of him because if he gets into a firefight with Li Jinglang, that gives Jinglang his best chance of winning. Uh, Lee's best chance is to touch the chin of Zaleski in a crazy brawl because both these guys kind of like getting in brawls. So it's possible we see this the two of them throw down. But uh, I think Jing Lang has been not chasing the knockout as much lately. I think he's been turning into a little more of a calculated fighter who, um, you know, still struggles with the defense in round one. But he has looked good uh, in the later rounds. He's uh, outstruck guys in a very, um, I keep using this word, but calculated way. Uh, he... he 
has been using his energy efficiently. He's not been getting gassed out like he was before losing fights that he was winning. So I think Jingling is improving big time. He has insane recovery too when he gets dropped. Like he'll get dropped and he'll be back on his feet or recovered in 10, 15 seconds. So it's going to take a lot to finish Lee Jingling. That's why he's never been knocked out. He's only been submitted. But good thing for Zaleski is he has a great finishing ability, whether it's knockouts with flying knees or spinning back kicks or punches as well. Uh, he also has a great submission game. That's how he got his last victory. He was taking on a talented striker like Melender. Probably could have st stood and traded with Melender on the feet if he really wanted to. But he took the pass of least resistance. Got the early double leg takedown when Melender swung a wide shot. Took the back and eventually got the rear naked choke in round one. So... I think that uh, Zaleski will probably look to uh, get a submission again in this one. Maybe hurt Jing Lang with a punch on the feet and uh, look to get the submission because when Jake Matthews hurt Jing Lang, he was able to get mount and he was able to take uh, Jing Lang's back and he had some good opportunities for submissions. He just didn't have the uh, ability to, to execute them. But I think Zaleski does have the finishing instinct and the jujitsu to finish uh, jingling in those uh, type of exchanges so i think the two of them will trade in round one we're probably going to see jingling get dropped like he always does but i think zaleski has the finishing ability and the jujitsu to be able to get the submission in this one we might see Jingling touch the chin and knock out Zaleski early as well. We might see uh, the typical Jingling where he gets dropped in round one and comes back in rounds two and three and wins on cardio and striking. And he really does have some pretty decent fight IQ, you know, with sticking his fingers in people's eyes and stuff like that. He's really a dirty fighter, Jingling. He'll do anything he has to to win uh, in this one. So um, where the betting line is at right now, I would not lay the money line on Dos Santos, no doubt. Uh, it's just way too high of a price tag i would cap dos santos around uh, minus 225 somewhere around there but jing lang a plus 240 is not a bad bet he's uh, he'll fight for your money for sure and it's going to be hard to beat jing lang in china and uh, especially on the scorecards so the pick for this one is going to be Dos Santos by submission in round one, but uh, it's a very close fight it should be a fun one and uh, it's dog or pass where the betting line is at now and that takes us to the main event of the evening in the women's strawweight division for the championship. We have champ champion Jessica Andrade, who is 20-6, taking on Weili Zhang, who is 19-1. The opening betting line for this one was Andrade, the favorite, at minus 200, with Zhang, the underdog, at plus 170. Right now, we are seeing Andrade, minus 185, Zhang, plus 160. So, two-way action coming in on this fight. I'm actually surprised at the price tag for this one. I actually cap Andrade uh, more of a minus 300 or so favorite. I think that she has a big advantage in this one. It, I think it's a little too soon for Zhang to be getting thrown in here. Only three UFC fights has not looked uh, absolutely sensational in those three fights. I was impressed with her. She's a very skilled, well-rounded martial artist, but I would have liked to see her get some five-round experience, maybe fight a fighter in the top 10, <laughs> something like that, before she gets rushed into this title shot. You know, Tisha Torres being her best win before this uh, title victory. It's a little bit of a head-scratcher, and it's because Nami Yunus didn't, uh, wasn't ready for the rematch, and there was no real other contenders at um, Strawweight, so they gave this fight to Zhang. They needed the headliner in China, and I completely understand why they gave her the title shot, but that does not change the fact that I still think it's too early, too soon for Zhang, and that she will lose the fight. 
and there is massive betting value on Andrade. I think that there's just too much going for Andrade in this matchup, and I'll, I'll try not to ramble on about it too much, but uh, Zhang is going to be the better striker at range. She has um, great kicks. She's got good distance management, um, but her, her boxing defense and her footwork has not impressed me. She's gotten hit with some, some shots before. She uh, maybe she had a competitive fight with Torres, although she did win it pretty decisively. But the fight that worries me the most is the Danielle Taylor fight. She got tagged by three big overhand rights by Danielle Taylor in that fight. And a few of them look like they stunned her at, at the end of round one and the end of round two. I think that she was rocked by the overhand rights of Danielle Taylor. And all three judges actually gave Danielle Taylor round two. So they scored that overhand right pretty uh pretty decisively as they should because it looked like zhang was rocked so she might take the the end of the round off she hears that clap at the end and she thinks the 10 seconds are over she needs to be uh ready to fight the full five minutes of every round especially against a dangerous pressure uh fighter like andrage so i think andrage is going to be pressuring her like crazy she's going to be uh making sure that zhang doesn't have that range to kick andrage's game everybody knows that she's the john the female john linker she marches in throwing bombs she throws big head hooks overhand rights she digs to the body she marches for marches through any damage you throw at her and she'll come back and throw it just as hard as you and in round one of the fight versus rose namunas she was getting lit up lit up with jabs and straight punches and she got dropped by a counter knee when she was coming out of the pocket with her hands down namunas looked like an elite level fighter in round one but that did not matter because in round two Andrade kept up the pressure. The pressure started wearing to and, uh, Nami Yunus a little bit, and eventually Nami Yunus's uh, Kimura takedown defense stopped working, and Andrade picked her up and slammed her on her head, knocked her out in the second round, despite being down round one. I mean, she was a Andrade was a plus four hundred underdog after round one, and she came back and won that and won in that round like it was nothing. It looked like she barely got hurt. Uh, she just has insane recovery, insane pressure, insane cardio. She's gone the full five minutes as well. She's got a great ground game. You know, she dominated uh, Claudia Gedalia on the ground, ended up in top position, smashed her with ground and pound, left her a bloody mess. So Zhang has some decent trips, decent takedowns, decent top pressure. She can uh, hit a submission as well from the ground, but that's not going to be enough for Andrade. I mean, she's already fought some of the best grapplers in women's mixed martial arts and she's beaten them she's dominated Claudia Cadelia as I just mentioned who's one of the highest level female black belts of all time in uh, WMMA so um you know Andrade she just makes no sense as a fighter she is brute strength she doesn't have much technique she's just raw power aggression and pressure but it, it works she's the fucking UFC champion she's not very highly skilled I, I'm not talking shit on her because uh, I'm, I'm I'm actually amazed and a fan of the way that she wins you know she Rose Namajunas was so much better of a fighter than her but she picked her up and dropped her on her fucking head and knocked her out. Like it, it defies logic. It defies most of how MMA, um, you know, should work. But Andrade pulled off the victory in that one. So in this fight, I just don't think that Zhang will have the footwork or have the power of her own to stop Andrade from coming forward because it takes a, a Mack truck to knock out Andrade because she took a massive amount of damage in round one versus Doug Rose. 
and still came back and won the next round by knockout. So I don't see Zhang having the power or the finishing ability to, to knock uh, Andrade out in the first couple of rounds. And Andrade's pressure is just going to wear on Zhang. Zhang's going to be constantly on the back foot. She's going to be getting hit with big power shots, going to be getting hit with powerful leg kicks, maybe getting picked up and slammed on the ground like Andrade likes to do. Andrade has good takedowns, top pressure, ground and pound. Uh, she's really just a beast, and I, I, I have a hard time thinking about any woman on the roster who can stop Andrade at the weight class. Maybe uh uh, champion Joanna uh, Jacek could um, redo that performance that she had against Andrade when she beat her a few years ago with that incredible takedown defense, footwork, and striking. But I don't think that Zhang or any other female at this point uh, in the UFC has the striking prowess, the takedown defense, the footwork, or the power to stop Jessica Andrade. That bulldog that Jessica Andrade is. And they really should call her like the Brazilian bulldozer or the Brazilian bulldog or something like that. I don't know what her official nickname is, but um, you know, it's it's hard to explain how I think that she's gonna win this fight. Like I'm not gonna pick us. Well, obviously with pressure, and uh, that's how she's gonna break on uh, Zhang. But she can just win in so many different ways. You know, who would have expected that she would have picked Rose Namunis up and slammed her on her head for a knockout? Like that's a legitimate path to victory now for Andrade. She can just pick girls up and slam them on their heads. So I think eventually the pressure will, will wear to Zhang and around rounds two and three, I think we see Zhang wilt and Andrade gets that barrage of TKO finishing. Uh, Zhang just has not been in the deep rounds before. She has not had championship experience. She's not fought the type of fighter that Andrade is and it's just too much too soon for Zhang. I think they're actually, the UFC is making a little bit of a mistake in this one, rushing Zhang in there. I, I'm not even going over a path to victory for Zhang. I did mention earlier trying to knock Andrade out in the first round or two, but I just don't think she has the power or the finishing ability to do that. So I'm not giving Zhang much of a chance in this fight. I would be absolutely shocked to see Zhang win this fight. I think that um, Andrade, I would cap her closer to minus 350, minus 400, giving her about 75, 80% chance to win the fight. Uh, so there's massive line uh, betting value on her. I got about three units on her. I will probably add a little bit more later. Got a uh, a unit on Mark De La Rosa. Uh, got two units on Mitsuki anyway. We'll might add some units to Derek Krantz because I think that he has a good chance of winning that fight. I'll add some units to uh, Anthony Hernandez. I'm just tracking to see where that line goes because the price is just getting better and better on him. I've got a unit on Da Own Jung at plus 235. Uh, got a unit on Moises at plus 300. And uh, a unit on uh, Alatang at plus 125 as well. So uh, got a lot of action on this card. Might add some more later. I will update you guys on my Twitter or my Bet MMA page where you can see all the bets posted. But that is going to do it for episode 73 of the Martian MMA podcast. This has been the uh, analysis, prediction, and betting discussion for the UFC Zen car going down this Saturday starting at 3 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. main card start time for all 12 of these fights. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I will be back next week before UFC 242. Peace.